0: Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny. Ye. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the
1: classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s we grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our
0: own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else.
1: If it kicks ass, we, we play,
0: play it. Philly Rock Live.
1: Thursday, 7 and 9 p.m. Philly time.
0: On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker.
1: And now, and now, it's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal, Sports and Metal, because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees, (laughs) and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports and Metal podcast. We are your hosts. This is Aaron Savage. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Voorhees. What's up, Jay?
0: What is up, buddy?
1: Not much, man. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, it's been a it's been an eventful week, to say the least. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank our sponsor, Atlaw Terrain Watches. Um, you can visit their website, wwwla ecom use our promo code SNm that's the letters sNm and get 10% off your watch off your purchase of their beautiful watches you don't want to miss that opportunity their beautiful watches handcrafted use our promo code SNm you're going to get 10% off um, And before we go any further into the show dude we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the near tragedy that almost took place this past week uh, for Judas priest guitarist Richie Faulkner only 41 years old. Um, what was that show they were playing the other day? But he had what's called an aortic aneurysm. So basically, blood was leaking into his chest cavity while he was on stage. And he finished the show. There's video of him playing painkiller while this is going on. Note for note, doesn't miss a beat. He was rushed to the hospital. Um, at the hospital, they told him most people don't even make it to the hospital before they die from this. He had emergency open heart surgery. Um, they, they put, like, some mechanical devices in his chest. He, he said he was given emergency heart surgery at the hospital where um, parts of his chest were replaced with mechanical components. He said, I'm literally made of metal now. Oh, how metal is that? Judas Priest, the gods of metal. Richie Faulkner is now made of metal, hence the episode's title. But anyway, we're wishing our well wishes to Richie Faulkner. Um, get well soon, and, you know, thank God that um, – a tragedy was averted in this situation. Um, that was crazy. But anyway, dude, another thanks thing. Thanks for checking in, week. Adam. Yes, thanks for checking in. Another thing big this week. Tom Brady returned to New England.
0: Yeah. Oh, ho, ho. I was waiting for this moment. You know me. Uh, in the in years past, I, I was a Brady hater, but I, I gotta be honest with you. There's no way you can hate Brady. I mean, he is the goat of all goats. I mean, this guy what he's done is absolutely it, you can't compare to it in any sport. I mean, the way that he's just continually, you know, won these rings and then obviously he goes, you know, goes as a freak, goes to another team, Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, like I mean just remember well I mean winning the Super Bowl his first year in Tampa Bay we've talked about it on the show before but I mean what a what a statement that was because you always heard the whispers was it Brady or was it Belichick you know obviously they're both great at what they do you talk about maybe the greatest coach of all time maybe the greatest quarterback of all time although clearly the greatest quarterback of all time I think we'd have to all say now but Brady going away from New England and winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay that was just huge for him to get out of the shadow of Bill Belichick you know, so any of the haters that would have whispered, oh, well, he's a system quarterback, you know, it's all Bill Belichick, well, out the window, out the window. What I want to know, Jay, he when He comes back to New England this past week, Monday Night Football, uh, or was it Sunday night? I'm drawing a blank. It was Sunday night. It was Sunday night, yeah, sorry. At moot point. Anyway, but long okay. story short of it all, yeah, it was Sunday night. Long story short of it all, he breaks Drew Brees' all-time passing record in New England. How poetic is that? How poetic. His second year away from the team. How, I mean, how did the football gods line that up, that that would happen, that when he happens to go back to New England, that's when he breaks the all-time touching um, passing yards record? And, and the, the thing is, I want to know your thoughts on this. When Drew Brees – I said touchdown, I think. I was talking about all-time passing yards record. When Drew Brees broke the all-time passing yards record in New Orleans at home, they stopped the game. They had a big to-do about it, a big ceremony in the middle of the game. Now I understand Brady's a visiting player, but but I mean when you think of what he's done for New England, I mean he put that franchise on the map. When we grew up, nobody was talking about the Patriots until Tom Brady got there. So do you think it was you think it was out of line, or was it wrong, or was it insulting that they didn't give him the same treatment that Drew Brees got when he broke the all time passing yard record, even though Brady was a visiting player? What are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, yeah, I would say so. I mean the guy the guy played his heart out for that, that city and that team. And to me, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. I mean, the guy trains harder than 99% of athletes. I mean, it, it's well-documented his training regimens and, and what he, you know, the, the amount of time that he spends preparing, you know, not only for, uh, you know, physically, but mentally for the games and to, to come back, yes, I get it. He's the visitor and he's the enemy now. But, yeah, I do think it's a little bit insulting.
1: Yeah, I just think they would have done a little bit more. You know, I mean, or I, you could make the argument maybe maybe uh, the Saints did too much for Vries because, I mean, the record has been cheapened in a sense. It's like every couple of years somebody's breaking the all-time passing yardage record. And now with the 17-game season, Pat Mahomes is going to own that record, I'm sure. By the well, time
0: I was going to kind of say that it you know it's kind of cheapened in the sense that it's become a passing league, and it's not you're not just seeing it with you know with with, with obviously with the touchdowns the yards you're you're going to see it with every pretty much quarterback you know record it's just going to continually get broken by the next guy because you know obviously you know you have other you know players that kind of like if they stay healthy, and they're able to, you know, continue their career. I mean, you got a guy like Matt Stafford, who's 33, I I believe, 33 years old. I mean, he throws, you know, every year, you know, and now he's on a great offense with the Rams. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But, yeah, I I, I definitely think, you know, it's somewhat cheapened, but it's still a tremendous accomplishment. Oh, it's still
1: a tremendous accomplishment. I mean, obviously. Obviously. I'm talking out of my ass. But I'm more just, like, in light of the offensive – juice numbers in the NFL did the saints overreact to breezes record knowing that it would probably broken a year later or did the patriots do brady dirty you know it's up for debate it's up for debate well, you know what are your
0: thoughts you know on the way that the game you know transpired and 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 what do you think this says obviously i know it's only one game but the fact that you know obviously you know it was kind of bragging rights between you know the fact well you already Please, heard my I'll opinion. Check.
1: You already heard my opinion. I think bragging rights all go to Brady, even before this game. Like I said, since Brady left New England, the Patriots have not been a good football team. They've not been a good football team. They're they've been a bad bottom of the bottom half of the league team. They bring in Cam Newton, which I think it's made a lot of people scratch their heads. He just was a total opposite of Tom Brady. They didn't have success. Then when you think he's going to be the starter, at the last second they release him and make Mac Jones the starter. Who they just drafted. I mean, Mac Jones has been okay, but I mean, he's the definition of check down Charlie. Let's be honest here. And, you know, but the bottom line is the Patriots haven't done anything exciting since Brady left. They haven't won. They haven't shown a, a big improvement from last year to this. What are they, one and three again? Whereas Brady just left and made the team he's on the best team in football. And he's done it. it again this year. And then, then he goes into New England and then he beats them. And, I, and what I did take from this game that I it has nothing to do with bragging rights, but just something very interesting that I took from it, I loved Brady's comments after the game because it was like allowing to hear a different perspective. You know, Brady spent all those years playing as the home player in New England. Oh, hold on. I got a technical difficulty here. Oh, so sorry about that. Brady spent all those years as, you know, the home player in New England. And – now him coming in as the road player, he ha- he, 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 said, you know, the fog horns were distracting. He used to not hear them and the way the weather was. And the, he just, it was a whole different experience for him. And I thought it was interesting to hear Brady appreciate what the, the players coming in, in New England all these years have had to deal with as far as the big crowds that have been there, the weather that they've had to deal with and everything along those lines. Um, so I just thought that was something that, that was an interesting takeaway to hear Brady's perspective as a as a visiting player, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, you know where I stand. And like I said, I, I, I was previously a hater. And, you know, I remember I used to even tell you, oh, you know, Brady's a systems quarterback, which he was. But you know what? Who cares? The, the bottom line is, like, I, I'm at the point now where I'd rather have a, a team that wins and a quarterback to me stats go out the window. I want a Super Bowl and the guy has, you know, 7. So I That's, mean there's nothing more you could say. I mean Exactly. We, I mean and it, but I I I I previously have been in arguments with people that continue to say that the only reason that New England was that good was Belichick. And I think it's a you just hit it on the head. Like it's a fact now when Brady goes to another team and they not only win a Super Bowl, but his previous team can't seem to, you know, get their head out of their ass. So to me, it's obvious that Brady was the reason for, you know, most of their success. I mean, yes, they had other good players and they had good defenses and, and you know, they had good systems, but Brady, there's no stopping the guy and I'll never no, bet. He talked him. about it. He's the I mean, guy. he could play till, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised now if he plays till he's 50. He's bigger. talking about it. He's
1: the Julio Franco of the NFL. It's Except, absolutely yes.
0: mind-boggling. It's crazy how, how great he is. So. Insane, bro.
1: He's on another level, another planet. <laughs> anyway, moving on. MLB playoffs in full effect. I know Jay and I, two nights ago, you and I were both ecstatic to see the Yankees <laughs> eliminated. The skankies, the Yank whatever you want Goodbye. to call bye. <laughs> we hate you, Yankees. Out, out. Sorry if you offend any other listeners. Yep. You know, and it was just even more sweet seeing the terrible, terrible play when uh, it was a 3-1 to ball game and uh, Mike Stanton hit the ball off the monster and they would have had first and third, which you could argue should they have second and third, but Stanton stands there and admires his shots. So they would have had first and third, one out. Instead, for God knows what reason, they send Judge when he would have been a third with one out. The momentum was swinging in their favor. They send him. He's out by 10 feet. Now there's two outs, runner on first. Rest is history. Yankees lost, what, six to three. So they're done. Um, and then on, on another note, I know you wanted to ask me my World Series favorite. Who do I think is going to win the World Series? So here's my opportunity. To, I'll, I'll tell you because what I was going to say was if the Dodgers advanced last night in their wild card game, they're my pick to win the World Series. And guess what? The Dodgers did. What a great game that was, dude. A 1-1 game into the bottom of the ninth. Chris Taylor for the Dodgers hits the two-run bomb. They walk it off. Uh, I mean, bro, it's amazing. It's amazing how good the Giants and Dodgers have been this season. And you know what? An interesting thing is they both won like, a what, 106, 107 games respectively. Giants, I think, won 107. Dodgers won 106. A lot of people are using that as an argument. Well, I don't like the one-game playoff, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, dude? How often do you have two teams in a division with those records? The answer is never because it's never happened before. You've never had two teams with that grid of record in the same division. So it's it's an anomaly. It's not the norm. And it doesn't change the fact that the current setup forcing the the wildcard teams to play this one-game play-in brings value back to winning the division, which when there was one wildcard had been lost because teams used to be able to purposely tank to not win the division knowing that they had a playoff spot locked up to choose possibly who they played in the playoffs. That option's not there. You don't win the division. You're playing a one-game elimination game. And you know what? The Dodgers, who you can make any argument, deserve to win any division, how good they are, had the Giants not been in their division, stepped up to the plate. They won the game they needed to win. They move on. And now the thing I think is super exciting is we get to see the Giants and the Dodgers in a National League division series, a, a rivalry that dates back into the 1800s. When they were in Brooklyn and New York, respectively, this is fucking exciting, and this is what baseball's made for. You know, this is what I'm looking forward to, bro. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because to me, I think it would be
0: cooler if it was actually if they were meeting in the NLCS. I I know, but this is the way it
1: lined up. I'm not going to complain. Yes, but good point.
0: So you kind of gave a spoiler alert, but kind of in a way, but. My World Series
1: pick is actually the Giants. Okay, so here I know. Go. I'm is like going to our World Series now. The NLDS Giants Dodgers is the Sports and Metal World Series right here.
0: And the only reason I say that is they were very successful head to head. I mean, obviously it was close. But the Dodgers to me, um I I have a feeling not that they're not that they're good, not a good team. I mean, obviously they're the most talented team in the last I mean Every year, they just seem to, to keep getting better and better. I mean, obviously, they got Scherzer, but I just have one. A lot of times in these things, I go with hunches, and I just get this feeling with the Giants where I kept saying the Giants are going to shit the bed. They're going to shit the bed down the, down the stretch, and they never shit the bed, dude. I mean, this team is legit, and honestly, like, I obviously, being a Phillies fan and – bashing and trashing Gabe Kapler just two years ago. Here he is. To see what he's done with this team. And, 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 and you could call it what it is, and you could say, oh, well, he has a, a better roster. But he's still done something, or this team wouldn't be where they're at. He's obviously doing pulling the right strings. He's obviously doing something right. So to me, that's an, an, an absolute amazing accomplishment to go from the Phillies, who were like a last-place team, to a team that has a shot at winning the World Series. I mean, in a matter of two years. I
1: mean, I I don't know what it says, man. I mean, this is a guy that they wanted to run out of town in Philly, Mr. Analytics, and he's doing it all out there. I mean, sometimes it's like lightning in a bottle. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted the Giants would have been this good anyway. It's not like they have, like, this roster that, like, whoa, going into the season. You know, that would have been the Padres maybe, obviously the Dodgers. I mean, what the Dodgers do is insane. They're like the new Yankees, bro. But, I, but, I haven't developed but, kind of point, them yet, as I did for the Yankees, but they are the Yankees. Yeah, but to your point, that's another
0: reason why you and I love baseball. Because it doesn't have to be the best team on paper that wins. And a lot of times it's not. Oh, yeah. So That's why I think that we're attracted to baseball, because I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in football Cinderella stories. I mean, it does happen, and it happens in the other sports, but you don't see it near as much. like, basketball, no, like that. Basketball, nine times out of ten, you know the top four teams that are that are going to the finals. Oh, and, and yeah. Maybe the regular maybe season like, means nothing in basketball, yeah, and, and maybe once in like twenty five years you'll have you know this team that just oh my god they're a Cinderella team. But in baseball, it happens year after year, and that's what I'm saying about this Giants team. I'm just getting this vibe that it's their year now. Like I said, it's definitely going to be them or the Dodgers. So I think whoever wins this series wins the World Series. So yeah. If I'm wrong about the Giants and the Dodgers end up winning, then they will win the World Series. Well, and we'll that's not a knock on the other teams, and that's not a knock on the American League. But I just think that you know the talent level and I, I just like the National League. I do. I mean, obviously, we all you know, our teams are in the National League. So
1: you know, I'm not being biased, I just really believe the Dodgers are gonna win it. But kind of like adding to your point about how you can get these Cinderella teams in baseball kind of goes back to what I was saying, how I love this this new wild card setup. Because it brought the – you you have two options. Either don't have a wild card, which obviously there's too many teams now for that. You can't just have, you know, four divisions, division winners, because it's just – the way the game is now with all these teams and the money that's involved with cable television and stuff, it wouldn't work. You know, you need more playoff teams. But having the one wild card made it where there was no value to winning the division. So it made it more of that crapshoot, you know, as far as like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm using the wrong word. But I think what you're talking about here is the regular season means so much in baseball. In, in the NBA, the, the regular season doesn't mean anything. You could basically just start watching the NBA, NBA when the playoffs start. And you know what the best teams are going in. Baseball's not like that. That's the 162-game grind means something. And having this second wild card, which brings the value back to winning the division, makes those 162 games mean something. You know what I'm saying? And, again, you're not always going to see 205, 106, 107-win teams in the same division. This time you did. So the Dodgers, unfortunately for them, with 106 wins, had to play a one-game play But they stepped up and they won that game, and I think that's fucking awesome. You know? And then you have the Giants, who are that Cinderella team in a sense. And they earned it over 162 games. So, yeah. That's Honestly, it's all from other sports to me. Oh, yeah, and you're, you're spot on. Like,
0: it definitely is a better – format the way with this new system i i love it and and down the stretch even like i thought that there was just more teams you know vying for a playoff spot you know what i'm saying like it it seemed like it kind of just brought more energy to to you know to the diamond and you know on a daily basis like there was a lot more people you know kind of you know getting excited about their teams i mean look at even seattle I mean, Seattle came down the stretch. They almost made it in. Like you know, what, what you know, they they were like way out. You know, going into like the last, yeah. you know, Well, what's
1: the beauty of that 162 game season. I mean, there's ebbs and flows. Look, okay. We talk about my Mets. They were in first place for 103 games. For 103 a record, games. right? They set a record. Finished under 500. The longest a team ever spent in first place to finish under 500. You don't know. It's a 162 game season. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, you know, here's where we are. So we'll see who wins the World Series. You know, Dodgers are my pick. You got the Giants. Big news this week in the rock and roll. Oh, wait, I forgot. We were going to get into this for a minute. Trevor Bauer. The Bauer outage was real. That's what he calls himself on social media, Bauer outage. The Bauer outage was real. We didn't see this guy for months, months since – The Dodgers put him on an administrative leave while he's being investigated for sexual assault, for punching a woman in the face, like breaking bones in her face, giving her black and blues. Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff, this guy. So now the typical egocentric SOB he is, when the Dodgers are in the playoffs, now he comes back on social media saying, oh, you know, one of my one of the cases against me was thrown out. That speaks for itself. But now we're going to talk baseball content. Clearly, this is just a ploy because he hasn't been getting attention and he wants attention. And now that the Dodgers are in the playoffs, he wants to steal the attention from this team. And I, you know, the Dodgers, I feel terrible for them. I, I mean, they made a huge mistake signing this guy. They paid him a hundred million dollars for three years or whatever it is to sign this jerk. Then, because of what he did, they had to trade for. Max Scherzer, so they're paying him millions of dollars to replace Trevor Bauer. And then they cut ties with him the whole season, put him on on administrative relief, have not mentioned a word about this guy, doing their own thing. They get to the playoffs. Here comes Trevor Bauer. Unbelievable, this guy. He's a clown. Clown.
0: I mean, it's typical entitled spoiled athlete and, and not just an athlete. He's just a bad guy. I mean, you and I have talked about this on previous shows. Trevor Bauer is just not a good person. And you could just tell, and you know what? This isn't just, you know, two guys on a podcast that are hating. This is just an asshole. The guy, and this is a dick move. You're right. Like, it's selfish. It's self-centered. It's egotistical. I mean, we could use a hundred words to describe it. But the guy, I mean, it's just like, okay, I thought, I, I thought he was, you know, getting his, uh, you know, Shit in order, and I I thought he was actually behaving. And, you know, come to find out, you know, he just couldn't keep his mouth shut. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of frustrating when you see guys like this. But I guess my my, my hope is that, you know, everything, you know, obviously, due process has it, you know, and he has his day in court. But uh, the bottom line is, I don't see this guy coming back. Like, honestly, I mean, I think he could be in jail. Oh yeah, I think there's a good chance.
1: I don't see him coming back either. I just think it's just typical. He's he's an egocentric guy. He's a me first guy. Everything about him is me first, and it's just no coincidence that he decided now to come out of the woodwork on social media after months. Remember,
0: wasn't it last year when he threw the ball from the pitcher's mound to the out over the center field? He's he's just out of out of out of control. Like, yeah, I I mean, I you know. I don't want to get into that kind of side of things. But it's just – it's mind-boggling to me. But you know what? Kudos to the Dodgers because how many teams could actually do what they did and go out and get a guy like Max Scherzer like when this happened? Because I don't think if they get – if they don't get Max Scherzer, they might not make the playoffs.
1: It's that – Well, that's what I was saying before. The Dodgers are like the Yankees now. Dude, how many teams are developing the young talent that they have but then keeping that talent – while bringing in all this expensive talent Other from the game. outside, dude, think about it. You're still paying Clayton Kershaw how much money? Then you have Bauer on your payroll, you know. Then you trade for Max Serger. he's on your payroll. Then you got this young guy, Urias, who won 20 games, stud by the way. But then look at your offensive side you have um, Eager, uh, Bellinger, um, uh, Seager, Caesar. um, the guy that what the, the, who, who he came over with surzer Why am I forgetting his name? Well he's an MVP well, candidate. Well, he's a free, but I'm saying Who Trey am I talking Turner, about his name? Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Why am I forgetting his damn name? But they're just a, they're loaded with talent, and, and it's like they're it's not like a team that they're gonna let guys walk unless they want them to. They can afford anybody they want. It's crazy. crazy. They're like, but you know monster, what? Monster. But you said that, monster. but
0: but you and I always couldn't stand the Yankees. Like I don't oh. have that. No, but my point is, is I don't have that hatred or, or anger towards the Dodgers because I think the Dodgers there's a difference like to me it's like the Dodgers they're more about developing talent too like whereas the Yankees were more so like not that they didn't have homegrown talent but the Yankees were those those teams that just went and
1: tried to buy a World Series. Well see, I'm disagreeing say- with you here. I'm disagreeing. That that's not true. The Yankees core was homegrown Jeter, Mariano, Pettit, Posada. I mean all these guys. But yes they they had the same model as the Dodgers. And they brought in all this talent around them. Dodgers is the same thing. The reason I don't hate the Dodgers as much is the Dodgers are doing it, even though they are paying a lot more money than teams that are not paying anything like Tampa. The Tampas are not like the norm, like in Major League Baseball back when the Yankees were doing it. When the Yankees were doing it, they were doubling the payroll of the second highest payroll. Like the Yankees would have like a $200 million payroll and the Red Sox would have the second highest payroll, like $110 million dollars. And then everybody else was like below 100 million, so I mean it has become more of a competitive balance as far as payrolls. But don't act for one minute that the Dodgers are doing anything different than the Yankees. It's just not as glaring, and it's probably why I don't hate them as much.
0: Well, maybe that definitely
1: well, maybe that's maybe that's kind of what I meant. But and I think my mom here who commented is is talking about Trevor Bauer, what he did. Well, but, she is, and that's, yeah, that yeah, definitely something came that,
0: a little late. Um, but yeah, yeah. something that should happen. I agree with her. I mean. I don't know what the contracts read, but I think the problem is is that like Major League Baseball, it, all they do is they they're putting him on like this like extended leave. Like they haven't like yeah, but you know, as, far, as far the
1: collective bargaining agreement, I'd have to look into it. There's, I think he would end up losing his pay. Well, there's probably work. It's due process still has to take place. There's so he's on a paid administrative leave. It doesn't mean he's going to get all his money. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, so there's verbiage in the contract, I'm sure. You're
1: right. Well, it's a bargaining agreement. I actually was reading about it earlier. I I wouldn't have time to go through it on the show live. But, yes, there's something in the collective bargaining agreement about domestic issues, you know, that he would lose his pay. So, yes. That 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 makes sense. Anyway, let's move on, dude. Big, big news this week. David Lee Roth, the man, the myth, the legend, has announced he will be retiring after his upcoming shows. Um, I, I, guess it doesn't come as a surprise. He's, he's pushing 70. Um, and obviously with the passing of Edward Van Halen, just about a year ago today, Van Halen is done. So I, and it's the end of an era. It's the end of an era. Um, i I'm obviously I'm sad, but at the same time, like I said, I expected it and Dave's not what he used to be. Sammy Hagar, on the other hand, I think could go on forever. He just seems like he doesn't age vocally even. I mean, he could still sing like crazy. Dave is just not what he was. We all know that. Dave was the golden god. He doesn't have the look. He doesn't have the sound. He doesn't have the any of it anymore. And it's no diss to Dave. I love him to death. But th- it's time, you know, and Van Halen's done. But, you know, on this note, Jay, I want to plug. We got motivated. We got inspired. We have a blog coming out any day now. It's going to be on our website, www.sportsandmetal.com, where we're ranking the entire Van Halen catalog. We're ranking all their albums, from first to worst. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Van Halen blog, www.sportsandmetal.com. Anyway, is there anything you wanted to add here, Jay, with Dave? Well, I think it brings up an interesting point. Like with him
0: retiring, do you think that the band will possibly get back together with, with Wolf and Sammy? Or do you think that ship, do you think it'll never happen? Do you ever foresee? No,
1: that, Van that's Halen the most playing? absurd thing I've ever heard. That will yeah. never happen. No one's ever going to play guitar in Van Halen except Eddie Van Halen, who's not around to do it. Just curious. I, mean, I- you talk about like people talk about Pantera reunions, and that never happened. If that would never happen, Van Halen would not happen times one million compared to that. No, dude. Not even, now here's what could happen, and it probably will. I could see in the near future, a Van Halen tribute concert, kind of like the, well, that's kind of what I meant. I'm not okay, saying like, not like a tour. Okay. But that wouldn't just huh. be with Sammy. What I'm saying, you made it sound like a, a bunch of, with Sammy.
0: Well, I mean like a bunch of, you know, previous members of the band, maybe get back and have it, have a show. No, I'm not music. even
1: saying that I'm saying like, kind of like the Freddie Mercury concert for life. Where, like, maybe the band is all there, like you're saying, but it's not, like, just the band or members of the band. I'm talking, like... Well, no, that's what I mean. Like, Metallica could be there. Like, anybody. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, a tribute concert. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, maybe you have the rhythm section. You know, you have... And and, can we stop with Wolfie? I love you, Wolf. But, no, it would be Michael Anthony, Jay. It would be Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony is as integral to the Van Halen sound as Eddie Van Halen. Come on. His high-harmony vocals, his bass, it was a a shame and an injustice that Michael Anthony was, you know, boxed out of the band, you know, due to whatever animosity the Van Halen brothers had for him. And, you know, Sammy, to this day, loves Michael Anthony. That's why ever since then, they had Chicken Foot and they had Van Halen. I mean, then they had Sammy Hagar, The Circle. They're still playing together now. If this happened, Wolfie could play at the show for sure. Wolfie could organize the show for sure. But Michael Anthony's got to be there. So I could see something with the rhythm section – you know Michael Anthony on the bass, Alex on the drums, and guess what? If Wolfie's going to do it, I could see Wolfie playing lead guitar on a lot of it. Wolfie's a tremendous guitar player. You know he could he could play Eddie stuff, so I could see that. But I'm talking like guest musicians, like Nuno Betancourt on guitar on one song, and maybe Gary Sharon on a vocal, or Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. You know something like the Freddie Mercury concert for life, a full on tribute concert where the members of the living members of Van Halen are on the stage. And there's various vocalists and guitarists plugging in. You know, Sammy and Dave could participate, but that's that's what I'm talking about. The bare backbone of the band is going to be, you know, Michael Anthony and Alex and Wolfie in whatever role. But Michael Anthony's got to be there. But that's that's what I could see happening.
0: Well, and I I kind of do have another question because I always kind of think of this, and, and I know once again, I know you're not a list guy, per se, but. With David Lee Roth retiring, where where would you rank him in the top would he be in your top five front men in
1: metal of all time? At this point, now he's retiring. Well, so dude, I mean you're asking me a question that to me is a no-brainer answer. First of all, I'm not even just gonna like do the disservice of saying top five front men in metal. I would say top five front men in rock and roll history. You know, and I and it's it's and it has nothing to do with being the greatest vocalist because Dave wasn't and isn't the greatest vocalist, but he is the quintessential front man. David Lee Roth defined what a front man is, was, and will be in rock and metal. You know, he was the golden God. He was, he had those attributes that Robert Plant had from Led Zeppelin, the blonde hair, the thin body, you know, the hip hugging pants, but he took it to the next level. He was like a black belt in karate. He had the ripped abs. He had sex appeal and he had like the, Personality of a game show host. You know, he had acrobatic moves on the stage. There was something dangerous about him as well. Um, dude, whether it's Vince Neal, um any frontman you could think of that came after took something from David Lee Roth. He's like yeah, the Ric He's like the Rick Flair of frontman. like <laughs> that's
0: what he reminds me of. Ric Flair, like the <laughs> energy that he has, like you know what I mean, like the passion that he has. And I got to agree with you. I mean, honestly, like, I'm a guy that kind of came to the party late. Like, I know you used to always tell me, like, years ago, dude, you got to get more into Van Halen. You got to get more into them. Not, And it was never that I didn't like them, obviously. Eddie Van Halen is a freaking God. Like, we know that. But I just kind of was never really, like, a super huge fan. But the more that I've dived into their albums and, and kind of, you know, working on this project with you, like, there's no, there's nobody that compares like on any level. You're right. I, I think David Lee Roth is, as he's the quintessential frontman. David Lee uh, Eddie Van Halen's the quintessential guitarist
1: in my mind. I
0: mean, yeah.
1: well, so. it's true. I mean, you take the guitar playing Eddie and you take Dave. I mean, we we talk about Eddie all the time. Dave, Dave is the frontman, what Eddie is to lead guitar players in the genre. Every guitar player that came after Eddie took something from Eddie, and every frontman that came after Dave took something from Dave. That's how important Van Halen is and was Indeed. and will be to the canon of rock and roll. Well,
0: That's to music what in Halen general,
1: was. I think. What's that? The music in general. Really. Music in general. All genres. I mean, there's a reason Michael Jackson needed Eddie Van Halen to play the guitar solo on Beat It because Michael Jackson was the biggest pop star in the world, about to put the biggest pop album out of all time and he needed the biggest rock star of all time at the time on his album. That's what he needed. And the cool thing about it is he didn't even Eddie didn't even take a credit on the record. Eddie just went and did it. And Eddie went into that studio and he recorded that solo in like 5 minutes. By the and way, the story goes, hold on, the story goes Eddie when he first heard the demos, you know, couldn't figure out how he was going to solo over it. You know, um Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, whoever was involved with that record. They played the demos for uh, Eddie, and he's in the studio. And all they had was like the... You know, all that was the whole thing. So Eddie's like, how am I going to solo over this? So Eddie's like, you guys need a bridge. Eddie's the one that came out with the bridge, where it goes... And then Eddie comes in... The rest is history. So I mean, Eddie like co- has a you know a co-writing credit, but he didn't. He never took the credit. He you know he com- helped compose the track, put the solo to it, dude. That, that's how. And you take beat it. That sums up the biggest stars of the era in one song. There's well, that, a reason that like Michael J. Fox emulated the whole thing in that scene in Back to the Future which I'm going to kind of reference back to the future in the Van Halen blog, by the way. Not the scene where he's at the, you know, Enchantment Under the Sea dance, basically riffing on Johnny Be Good like Eddie Van Halen, but another scene in the movie. No spoilers. Read the blog, www.sportsandmetal.com. Van Halen blog coming up. You're not going to want to miss this. Not going to want to miss it. But By the way, that
0: is my favorite solo of all time. That's one of is, mine too, dude. It is mine. It's and when mine. you hear
1: how Eddie just wrote it in five minutes and just came in and played it and left, and he's like dude,
0: every time I hear that solo, I don't not only do I get chills, I, I almost feel like like it, it's just like it never gets old. Like it's just you can amazing. hear it
1: over and over
0: on and and, 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 and you're right, it, it was Michael Jackson probably, you know, in my opinion, the, the biggest icon of all time. And, and David Lee Roth, I mean, I'm sorry, Eddie Van Halen as guitarist, best guitarist of all time. I mean, together, it's like magic. It was <laughs> magic. Absolutely. It
1: is. It's just, it absolutely is
0: off the charts.
1: You know, speaking, you were talking about being late to the party. Dude, I could give an anecdote right here, a true story. I remember, like, at least when I first knew you were getting into Van Halen. I, I was into Van Halen from when we were little. I remember, like, when we would play baseball back in, like, 84. So we were, like, eight years old we would go out and play baseball and I'd have my little boom box and I'd be playing like fucking Panama and shit and jump. Cause 1984, that record was out. So I remember that, but I remember like, I think I remember you like starting to really crank Van Halen when you were delivering pizzas in like 92. And, and I, I remember read, you uh, had for unlawful carnal knowledge on like fucking repeat in the car. I, that's what I remember you starting to re- So you were a Van Hagar guy first, you were a Van Hagar and then you went back and it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate no, it it's just different. where you were introduced to this
0: day I still I still prefer Van Hagar only because I think
1: Sammy Hagar's voice is just so much better yeah it's that, different I mean if you like more you know more of a pop sheen and like longer songs and the introduction of the keyboards I love see here's the thing I love them both I love them both I used to be very biased to the Dave stuff but as I've gotten older I've learned to appreciate the Sammy stuff more and more. And honestly, as performers now, I would take Sammy over Dave in a heartbeat. You know, so when I'm talking about Dave, I'm talking about at that time, what he it's meant at the time. I like, have Not no, no nothing. When you we're, we're this just shows the greatness of Van Halen, that they have a whole second era that's like ungodly good. And how great Sammy Hagar is. You now, know, think about it. I mean, yeah. How many bands could say that? ACDC, that's about it. <laughs> ACDC DC, and Van Hill, and that's probably that's the, the t- only two. I mean, that's it. I don't know any others. <laughs> nope, that is it. That can pull off the lead singer switch when you had iconic original. I mean, rock. on that level. I mean, yeah, obviously, level, yeah. obviously yeah. Iron Maiden. Dude, where- AC, DC, Bon Scott, an ultimate icon, right? And then what do you do? He dies, you bring in Brian Johnson, and you only pull up, put out the biggest out hard rock album of all time, Back in Black. What? What kind of statement is that? The biggest, so, so that's what that that's what, what we're talking about. That's the level of greatness that we're talking about, you know. So that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say.
0: Good luck, uh, David, in the future, yeah, whatever good luck you do in your
1: retirement. David. He'll probably come out with his
0: own, you know. He probably already has his own beer line or something, but you know, <laughs> how, the, you know how these guys retire off in the sunset, and then he'll probably have a podcast. He'll be yeah, like his, us. Yeah, know. we
1: know Dave. He's already all over the place. He'll be He's, got like, up in. He's yeah. got like comic book art that he puts on Instagram. He's a real artsy guy. He's yeah, got maybe he'll all be all selling, maybe he'll be
0: selling cars.
1: <laughs> he could be. He's got that oh, your mom is my mom queen or- or- never or- replaced their front man. Well, uh, yeah, she's talking about iconic bands. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Picks of the week, Jay. Yes. Yeah. So who's going first this week? Ah, uh, you know what? I'll go first, just because I'm kind of riffing right now, dude. So I I almost feel like I I might have two right now because I was kind of going towards one because of you know Van Halen doing the blog, and David Lee Roth you know announcing his retirement, but then when we came up with the title for tonight's episode, "Made of Metal," it kind of got me thinking of Rob Halford, you know his, his uh one of his albums in his band Halford is called "Made of Metal." So it got me thinking. So uh, this is this is the one I ultimately chose. This is my pick of the week: Halford's Live Insurrection. Oh. Dude, have you? It, it, it's my favorite live albums, and I shouldn't reveal them because they'll probably be future picks of the week. But like, I remember like in the early '90s when the, the you know the, the 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 really slickly produced live albums became a big thing. Ozzy had Live and Loud. Van Halen had Live Right Here, Right Now. Poison had swallowed This Live. I mean, I was just eating these live records up. I don't think I I loved the live record as much as those ones until Halford Live Insurrection came out. And the reason I love it so much is because not only is the production phenomenal, Rob Halford's voice never sounded better than it sounds on Live Insurrection. But the other thing I love about it is the track listing. You're not going to find a mix of Fight, Halford, and Judas Priest – on one single record, like you're going to find on Live Insurrection, and the quality of the performances. Dude, you have fight into the pit, fight nailed to the gun. Then you have the uh, Light Comes Out of Black song, which was the one he did with uh, Bruce Dickinson. But on top of that, then you have all this classic Priest. And my highlight of that, and I recommend anybody listen to it, if you haven't, is listen to the version of Beyond the Realms of Death on Live Insurrection, the Judas Priest Mm -hmm. classic. Ballad, dude. It's it gives me goosebumps. Rob Halford's voice sounds more powerful than I've ever heard it sound. The it it just takes the original version and just brings it to a whole nother level because of the, the modern production, and it sounds as good as like a studio version except with that background crowd noise. It's un fucking real. So anyway, that's my pick of the week. Rob Halford's live Insurrection the metal god himself. But you know what? I said I was thinking of another one, so I'll just throw it out there in light of Van Halen, in light of David Lee Roth retiring. Dude, the album did very well, but it's like... I think it's better than people give it credit for. If you haven't listened to it, it's the last Van Halen album that they ever (laughs) recorded in 2012. It was the, the, the album where David Lee Roth returned to the band. It's a different kind of truth. Dude, it's some of the most insane guitar playing in the history of eddie's career he's riffing like crazy it's arguably their heaviest album it's awesome all the songs pretty much are like all stuff from like the vaults you know eddie said they had no intentions of doing an album when when they first reunited with david lee roth in 2007 but you know they were doing the tour with wolfgang van Halen, and eddie's son and by 2009 wolfgang was really like pumped up about the idea of doing a new Van Halen record. So he kind of talked Eddie into it, and they they did it. And Wolfgang was going through all the old demos, and he pulled out the old demos of the song that became She's the Woman, um, Out of Space, a lot of these tracks. So a lot of these tracks date back to the 70s, some before the first Van Halen album ever came out. So it's really fucking awesome, and it's the last Van Halen album we're ever going to hear. So that's my other pick of the week, Van Halen, A Different Kind of Truth. So I had two this week, dude. Dude, you nailed both of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I both great
0: albums. I mean, Insurrection, just going back to that, like I think that just, as you said, David Lee Roth's kind of the quintessential frontman. To me, the quintessential vocalist. I, and I know a lot of people, I'm not dissing on Robert Plant, but I'm just saying what Rob
1: Halford's you been able You don't have to explain yourself all the time. Rob Halford's fucking awesome, dude. To me,
0: is is, is <laughs> absolutely,
1: in <laughs> my mind, my favorite vocalist of all
0: time. I mean, his range, and even to this day. I mean, I heard a concert two weeks ago, Yo, know, his voice. He's still belting it out, like, better than 25-year-olds, dude. Oh, dude. Like, it's ridiculous, like, what he can do. So,
1: oh, he's the quintessential. Okay, if yeah. David Lee Roth is the – like, you kind of were hitting that. If David Lee Roth is the quintessential frontman – Rob Halford is the quintessential heavy metal lead vocalist, and we'll both agree on that every day. And, and, on
0: and speaking of that, so my pick of the week is a Judas Priest album. Awesome, made of so, metal. Well, you know, obviously, when we do these shows, you kind of try to link, the, you know, the title or whatever. There's always a reason. We, we've said that in the past, and it never changes. So, uh, but to me, my my pick of the week is actually an album. It's kind of obscure in Judas Priest's catalog. And it's an album that actually gets a lot of flack and and really dissed. But I got to be honest, when when this record first came out, I was actually a huge fan. And I kind of got soured on it because I played it out. But I, I went back and I listened to it today. And this album is absolutely awesome. If you like the style of music, it's a little bit different. It's not necessarily... Judas Priest went out of their comfort zone. It's not, it's not painkiller. Okay. But my pick of the week is Nostradamus.
1: Okay. record.
0: Yes. And it's, it, it was really a, a challenging record. Like they even said, like they challenged themselves because they kind of did go out of their comfort zone. Like there's a lot of synthesizer on the record, a lot of keyboards. Um, but it, to me, I, I've always been, you know me, I'm that, I know you call it Dungeons and Dragons type music, uh, you know, with like Iron Maiden. This record kind of has that feel, but it's just like, it's one of those albums, like you could play it from start to finish and just like chill. Like there's a, actually a lot of songs that like have like piano and they're like really ballady. Like, yeah, yeah. and it just kind of goes, you know, it's, an opera. it's
1: basically a yeah. rock opera.
0: It's a rock opera. It pretty opera. much is, Yes. I mean, but there's some real heavy-ass tracks on the record. Um, my favorite is track two, which is Prophecy. It's the most famous one. It's the one they use in all their shows. It, you know, obviously the chorus is, I am Nostradamus. Yeah, you know, yeah. you see Halford with his friggin' like, Nostradamus. Like, he has the cape and everything. But I, I just love everything about the album. Like, if you read the lyrics, too, like, it tells the story of no Nostradamus. Like, and that's what's cool about concept albums. Like, that there's more to it than just the music. But when you put it all together, that's why it's my pick of the week. It's just an album that really a lot of people blast it. Like, even Judas Priest fans, like, you know, they'll say, oh, that album sucks. And, and I don't understand why. And I, I guess I understand because the diehards, they, they want,
1: you know. They, they want, want what they expect from Priest, yeah.
0: But to me, like, and you and I have always agreed, like, I love Turbo Lover. Like that's like a freaking,
1: you know, almost like a glam yeah. metal album. Tur- Turbo I Talk like it a lot. It. But when you hear the when you hear Priest do Turbo Lover live now, oh my god, without all the eighty synth, it's unbelievable. Anybody who has the opportunity go on YouTube, check out like a recent performance with Richie Faulkner. Check out a recent performance of of Priest doing Turbo Lover, dude. It's heavy live and you get they get the whole crowd singing along. It's actually one of my favorite live Priest tracks, Turbo Lover, much better than the album because it doesn't have all the eighty cent stuff. You well, know, no, but 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 even
0: so, I still love that record. Like I love it. I love when you and I say like,
1: yep. kind of gets
0: slept on in their catalog. Like, you yep. know, speaking of the band, so that's my pick of the week. Nostradamus. You can get it on Amazon, iTunes, all the Spotify's. But check or out
1: you can go buy the hard copy. Well. Get Actually, I
0: in your hand. I, I would advise yeah. you to do that because yeah, look like at the I artwork said, being the concept album that it is, it has like a lot of cool stuff with like no and like the books and stuff that he had written and like the little symbols and stuff. So it, it's really cool. That's my pick of the week. Check it out. Check out Aaron's picks
1: of the week. And awesome. uh anyway, yeah. So I got on the know, picks yeah, I, I, I wanted to I know you have something you want to plug. I do. 9 p.m. Right? Yeah. So big news. We we've been saying it and we've been promoting it on social
0: media. But I'm really excited about this. Uh, You know, it's kind of a collaboration project with uh, Don Conway from Drunk on Broad. It's basically going to be under their umbrella. It's called Drunk on Ice. What a cool name, right, for a hockey podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so basically, we're going to be covering you know Flyers, but it's not going to just be local. Like we'll do some you know national uh you know nhl stuff so it's really i'm really excited i'm looking forward to it's you know it's something different for me obviously sports and metal but this is more of a you know kind of focused in on one sport type podcast and you know you know i'm a diehard hockey guy so i'm kind I'm really looking forward to it and uh spreading my wings so that's
1: tonight at 9 p.m
0: yeah and it almost an hour so so twitter youtube
1: instagram all of it, check it out, Drunk on Ice, tonight at 9. Anyway, Jay, it's been a great show. As always, I had a blast. Um, we hope everybody out there enjoyed it. Everybody, don't forget, once again, check out our sponsor, at Lots La of dot L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Use our promo code S&M and receive 10% off your purchase. Until next time, rock on. Peace out. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more sports and metal. Oh, With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah! Got something to say? Hit us up at sports and metal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at sports. And